PFT Media. You are now listening to Cinema Crespediso. Chris Crespo Radio Show. Everybody likes it. Listen to his shit. Young ladies, little women, they are now <laughs> little women. That's how the book ends. Okay, if you say so. Spoiler alert. For they are now. Well, at, hey, at least at least the movie ends with the title. It so does. it so that way it's like okay, the movie's over. Yeah, exactly. They know that's a smart way. Either you kill the villain, movie ends. <laughs> funeral movie ends, or you say that's how the movie ends. Those are the only three proper ways to end the movie. How does Tenet? <laughs> I don't think anybody says Tenet. <laughs> no, but the bad guys, once all the bad guys are vanquished, it's like someone dies and the movie ends 10 seconds later. <laughs> so actually, because he, he, the loose ends he, when he kills the final one. <clears throat> anyway. Guys, we have no time to waste. We have stuff to talk about, media diets to get into, emails, comments in the Facebook group, and a whole bunch of stories and let me tell you, the last thing we're going to talk about is going to be the best thing we're going to be talking about, Drew. You know any about any of this uh, Army Hammer stuff? I mean, I've heard, I've seen little snippets here and there. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Teaser alert. Or, uh, yeah, guys, you can just jump to the end if you want to hear us talk about, oh, boy, the great, the grandson of Armand Hammer. Um, Drew Sakogman. Yeah. Media Diet stuff. Mm-hmm. WandaVision. Oh, it started? You know, WandaVision started. I didn't know. Wow, you're not uh, you're not in tune with the, it's the first Marvel release since Spider-Man: Far From Home. I mean, yeah, probably. When, when was that? That was it was a while ago. Uh, fall a of <laughs> Jesus Christ, yeah, fall of 2019. That's fine. I that's mean, I was in the depths of Marvel overload anyway. So. That's fair. We we all collectively needed that break. That yeah. silver lining, silver surfer lining. We all got a, a break from the onslaught, but now the onslaught commences. WandaVision, first two episodes are out, Drew. 30-minute eps, they dropped one and two, mm-hmm. and then they're doing an episode every Friday, uh, nine eps total, so essentially a three-hour movie. Okay, cool, so I got like two weeks before I get to start it. If you want to wait, sure, absolutely. I mean, yeah, they're only 30-minute eps wait, anyway. No, two months, my bad. Two months, <laughs> uh, 
yeah. I'm not watching a half hour a week. That is that is way too little for me to remember what the fuck is going on in the show. Okay, well, uh, I will then give you spoiler-free <laughs> reviews of each episode. This episode, they're doing decade by decade, it appears. Episode okay. one, and then they're straight up uh, like this is the homage yeah. right in their face. So episode one is 50s Dick Van Dyke. Okay. Episode Blank two, Van Blank. Blank Van, excuse me. Uh, beep, lamb, beep. Yeah, the PC police is here. You're mm-hmm. right. My bad. Uh, episode two, 60s, Bewitched. Okay. okay. And based on marketing, the next episode's going to be 70s, and that's going to be a Brady Bunch. D- does she do the nose thing? Because, I mean, she is a witch. She doesn't do the nose thing, but it's like all, especially with the opening credits change okay. for each one. Gotcha. So it was the animated style of yeah, the yeah. Bewitched Oh, opening. no, I re- I watched a lot of Nick at Night when I was a kid. Was it, actually was it Bewitched or I Dream of Genie? Which one did the nose? I think Bewitched did the nose, yeah. right? Yeah. Dooka dooka dook. Well, she, were they technically doing I Dream of Genie? I think they were doing Bewitched. It doesn't. Same nonsense. I'm about to say it's it's the same show. It is. It is <laughs> when I when I got old enough to find out there were different shows, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> they all look the same and they do the same things. Oh. Uh, so I think three is gonna be Brady Bunch. Four will pro- probably then be eighties. Maybe they'll do a couple eighties. Uh, and it's um, they're gonna do some sort of Full House thing. They gotta do a Full House thing. Well, I mean, she's an Olsen. Olsen. Come on, man. I mean, and Full House is gigantic. It's huge. Yeah. I mean, it even spawned Fuller House, <laughs> which I couldn't. I can't even believe it existed. Mul- to begin with. Multiple seasons, <laughs> like could, five, could. five seasons of this show, man. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. So, uh, it's good. I like how it's big. They do go for it for in terms of style and comedy. Like, especially these first two episodes, you have to, like, give yourself over to this was the comedy styling and plotting of these shows. That's but they also, like, the humor is based on her being a witch lady and him being a robot man. A lot of the humor is based on him being a robot man and trying to pass himself off Off as as a human. Yeah. Uh, So Paul Bettany gets a lot to do, which is uh, good for for Paul Bettany. And um, the, uh, there are moments, moments throughout the series or the two episodes anyway, where uh, it breaks that tone Mm -hmm. And then it feels much more modern as all of a sudden something weird happens and there's like strange tension for that uh, sometimes you know what tension is coming from, sometimes you don't. It almost gets, um, it's almost heavy handed to use this reference, but Twin Peaksy, okay. where it's like, what the hell yeah. is going on here? Well, and then, then it's like, whoop, snaps back into, well, well, the, we're, we're goofy again. I mean, there, there, there has to be that or the other part doesn't work. Right, exactly. <laughs> or, or else you're just watching a weird homage yeah, exactly. show to sitcoms yeah. with no purpose. Um, and then the first two episodes end with um, the credits for like the show that's happening, the interior one division show, uh, and then it like it pulls back to show it on a monitor, uh, and there's like writing, like I forgot what it said, some sort of like a monitoring system, and then it go- shows you the real credits. So uh, that's why I've been thinking what the show was all along. Anyway, I don't I don't know if you want to count these as spoilers or this is just. Crespo conjecture, classic Crespo conjecture is what this is. The three K's, classic Crespo <laughs> conjecture. Um, the uh, Wanda has had a break. Mm. Poor lady, mm-hmm. vision's been taken from her. Mm-hmm. The world, the, the, the no, snap, well, no, and all that. Not just taken from her. He had the fucking soul stone literally ripped from his forehead. It, it was, <laughs> he turned to a dried husk. It was 
startling. <laughs> it's startling. And he's the one death that, like, one of the few deaths that, is, that he's dead. Iron Man's dead. Uh, Steve Rogers is old. Steve Rogers is old. Time travel, though. So, uh, she has, she's had some sort of psychic break, poor lady. And so she's being monitored, right? And that's what's happening here with... Um, uh, this console at the end during the credits, and also sort of being alluded to in a bit in some of the weirdness that's happening. That there's some sort of outside influence, or everything is not what it seems. Well, I mean, with the character mm-hmm. and the fact that Marvel now has X Men back. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's Magneto's daughter. Yes. So. Yes. I mean, but she's like she's like a witchy character who. Her powers are kind of undefined, where it's just like she can do whatever witchiness she yeah, wants no, to. Yeah, that's kind, some of movie, way, kind of the way it is in, in the comic books. What? She's just kind of like all-powerful. It's just kind of, she's oh, very powerful. What does she want to do? Yeah. I fucking let, she does it. So what she has wanted to do here, maybe knowingly or not, is create her own reality in which she lives with a, a resurrected vision. That's not a real vision. It's just, you know, it's all in her head. And... Um, the the sitcomy structure of it is just them like living through because they're straight up like so how you know how long you've been together yeah. and they're like um we don't know like where where no. where'd you come from from here and they're like no, they, uh, no. we don't know they got no extra like, 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 we don't know nope. how we got here yeah like we're just here yeah. how's it going I have a job so uh, it's all in her head someone's monitoring her maybe they're trying to figure out a way to get her out it's already known this is a known fact don't get mad at me people that Doctor Strange is gonna be popping up in the show mm-hmm. this was supposed to be the link from like the Marvel series to the Doctor Strange movie but then COVID rearranged yeah. everything but Doctor Strange is gonna be one to show up to get her snapper out of it and then also because he's going to need her for some multiverse madness shit oh, yeah because um, she's already confirmed to be in that movie she's talking about how much she likes working with sam raimi well, I mean, and all the cool camera move stuff that they're doing i mean yeah when you've got a powerful witch and the sorcerer supreme why not throw them in a movie together <laughs> it's gonna be fun we're gonna have witchy good times witchy wizard good times it's the best the kids like harry potter yeah exactly <laughs> so uh that's what's going on here so uh and because of that, then, it does give them free reign to get weird with yeah. it in different ways. And it's enjoyable. I'm liking it. After two uh, short apps, 30 minutes, mm-hmm. when it's all said and done, it's going to be three hours. Mm-hmm. And that made me wonder, like, you know, no one would probably greenlight a three-hour WandaVision movie. No. People wouldn't want to sit, th- quote, sit through a three-hour movie. I mean, yeah, they would have to figure out a way to do it like they wouldn't be able nine, to do it this way <laughs> nine, nine 30 minute episodes people are gonna binge it people are gonna sit yeah. down and just over the course of three hours and watch the whole thing yeah. that's what i'm gonna do so it's like why not just make it a three-hour movie right just just give it to me well, at least i have half hour breaks you know i get to smoke smoke a cigarette maybe stop watch something else and then go back to it if i didn't like that episode you know I guess I guess gives me options, that, Chris. That line, that line between yeah, the options. It's like the the Justice League option. We're gonna have the four hour movie cut, or then we're gonna have the the episodes. Um, they did that with Hateful Eight, where they gave us extended episode things. I never, mm-hmm. I never watched that. No, me neither. Too much content. It, that's how you know there's too much just content in the world. Where I get like an extended Quentin Tarantino thing, and you're just like, I'll put it on the list. Yeah, put it on the <laughs> list. The list of things never get to. Exactly. Um, so WandaVision, I'm enjoying it. It's good stuff. Uh, we'll be talking about it more in the second half uh, because people are checking in on it in emails and whatnot. On Amazon Prime, they released One Night in Miami. Dot, yes. dot, dot. So, I didn't watch it, but I saw it. You saw that it popped good. up there. Yeah, I, it's worth checking out, Drew. Mm-hmm. I think you'd like it. Yeah. It's an adaptation of a stage play. Okay. So it's a lot of people talking to each other. 
And you know what? I'm fine. I'm fine with as that. long as they got stuff to say, they got you know it, when it's Malcolm X and Sam Cook and Muhammad. Yeah, they got some stuff to say. Funnily enough, Jim Brown, the, the football player, uh, doesn't have as much to say, but when he does have something to say, you're like, oh, mm-hmm. oh, okay. It's Jim Brown speaking. Excuse me, Jimmy. Jimmy is Malcolm X calls him. So it's these four dudes. Uh, they uh, apparently did like have a, a little get together that night. Cassius Clay won, uh, beat Sonny Liston for the world heavyweight title, becoming the world's youngest champ at that time. And they uh, met up in Miami and hung out that night a little bit. So this play and then the movie is like, well, what was that meeting? It's sort of like um, Elvis Nixon. Mm-hmm. What was that meeting? What did they actually talk about? Only they know. Only they know. So let's make some shit up. And that's what it is. is they're making some shit up. And it's pretty good. Well, I mean, I'm sure it's conjectural, too. You it's, know, yeah. I mean, you... you like, you know what kind of stuff Malcolm X is probably going to talk about. And you know yes. how some of these guys may or may not react to that. Yes, exactly. So then you can posit a very plausible argument that they no. may have even had publicly in another sphere that mm-hmm. they get translated over. So it's um, the best aspects. My favorite aspects were Sam Cooke, who's Leslie Odom Jr., and um, Malcolm X, who's, I don't know his name, Ben Adley, Adsley, I don't know. Some new guy? Some guy. And uh, they're the most um, diametrically opposed in terms of approach in that Malcolm X is like, it's all hands on deck. Black people are dying in the streets every day. We can't be placating white people. We can't be playing their their servant or their slave in any way whatsoever. Uh, It's full on like we need to brother up, rise up, et cetera, et cetera. So then he's mad at Sam Cooke because Sam Cooke plays the game. Sam Cooke. Uh, sold the rights to one of his songs so like the Rolling Stones and the Rolling Stones uh, is out there turning his music into number one hits and shit but then he has to be like but then that money's coming back to me and my writers who are all black we're making money off these white people uh, they just have different ways of looking at how they can benefit their community via interacting with the world around them and the, and the white world around them especially and uh, it's very like uh, well well acted well written well acted so it really keeps you engaged which is an important thing like this because there ain't there ain't a goddamn transformer in sight i ain't seen no superheroes where's all the stuff to keep me entertained you know i'm just supposed to sit here and listen to these dudes just talk to each other uh but it's pretty good no it's pretty good it's kind of odd slightly funny that as diametrically opposed as they were they both got shot (laughs) (laughs) neither way seemed to be the correct approach you know know what it's almost like it doesn't matter how you how you want to hand how you want to work with the white people uh, they ultimately determine the working relationship it seems and uh, i mean that's not topical in any way whatsoever of course not no no issue for of course not no regina king directed it it's her first movie she's directed a bunch of tv and it does kind of feel sort of like a made-for-TV movie production okay. value-wise, but also, with a, again, it's because of the stage play. Yeah. She does open it up where the play is just like the guys in a hotel room for the most part. Um, she pulls it back a little bit, so she has like an extra... She shows some uh, Cassius Clay boxing stuff, and it looks pretty good. Shows um, uh, Jim Brown. Oh, there's a Bo Bridges cameo in the very beginning. That's pretty cool. And uh, shows like Jim Brown being how he's like... White people can treat him. It's like, oh, yeah, you're a hero. You're a local hero. We love what you're doing. You're breaking records. You're from the NFL, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, yeah, but there's still a caste system. Know your place. Yeah, I was going to say, thanks for all your work, 
to the back of the bus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we love you. Now obey the rules as they have been set. You know the rules. Um, and, and that particular thing, it's done in such a way in the movie that's just like, uh, you, you can see it coming. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. it's still like a, like a, like water to the face. Like, yeah. and like, oh, this is the way it is. Don't you ever forget that. So, uh, it's good. Regina King did, did a great job directing it. It, uh, it looks pretty good. It's very well acted. And, and it's funny how there's some crossover with Michael Mann's Ali and how Ali, which is one of the, my favorite openings of a movie, is Sam Cooke performing on stage juxtaposed with Ali training for his Sonny Liston fight. And then um, he's like talking to Bundini, who's Jamie Foxx, and Bundini is like shown really early on in this movie. And uh, they even show like some of the Cassius Clay, Sonny Liston fight and Sonny Liston not coming out of the corner. Like it's, so then you get interesting things. Um, Michael Imperioli plays his, um, his trainer, Angelo, Angelo something. And it's funny watching these different characters or these different actors play these same real life people and then seeing the similarities. You, you can actually see how good Will Smith was as Ali because him and this guy, like they pull the same mannerisms, the same way of speaking, the different little things here and there. It, it, uh, it's fascinating to watch the same thing with the Angelo character. Um, it's, it's, it, it would be interesting to watch this and then like Ali in some sort of Back to back, yeah. it's not available on stream. I checked. I pulled the like, <laughs> Can I watch the beginning of this right now? And it's on. No, probably on YouTube or something. Uh, well, one night in Miami is good. It's worth it, Drew. Definitely, okay. definitely worth putting on the on the list, the shorter list. Uh, I've watched some older stuff this week. First off, uh, uh, you're gonna you're gonna want to get in on this. I, I subscribe to the Criterion Channel, mm-hmm. and the Criterion Channel is quite uh, extensive in terms of what they have on there. They have some things lumped by collection, which is really cool. They got the Safdie Brothers collection, nice. which is an hour-long documentary uh, that's tied to the make. It's pretty much a making of Good Time. Mm-hmm. And then they have four or five of their short films on there. Cool. So that's a bunch yeah. of stuff to check out. Uh they have an extensive Jackie Chan collection. Oh, I, had I a know re- you're a fan of the Chan. I'm a fan of the Chan. And I already seen Police Story, but I'd never seen Police Story 2. So I pulled that shit up from uh, 1988. And it's fully just like, I mean, the story is whatever. It's fine. It's about that action. It's Jackie Chan. Let me get that Jackie Chan Some, action. Somehow it's action comedy. It is action comedy, <laughs> leaning on the action. I saw another movie that leans more on the comedy. Wow. And uh, the explosions in this movie, Drew, would make uh, Michael Bay blush. Ooh. Like, the the final explosion, it's so big. It's like, uh, it reminded me more of um, Demolition Man style. Like, this is excessive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this shit is wild. Um, someone like, must did, have got hurt doing this. Did somebody double the gasoline yes. budget without telling anybody? Yeah. <laughs> Are we laundering money? Yeah. Like, oh yeah, no extra gasoline. Yeah, yeah. Do we can, we need to up these bills somehow. I mean, it it was an explosion, and then it's slow motion, and Jackie Chan's like, oh shit. Uh, Police Story Two, very cool on the Criterion. Also on there, so he worked a bunch with uh, Sammo Hung, uh, a, a larger uh, action comedy star over there, who a lot of people actually recognize him because he's fairly popular in his own right mm-hmm. and uh his big thing is that he's a big guy but he can still move really good and stuff mm-hmm. so um he's also a director 
and he directed a few movies uh, featuring him and Jackie Chan. One of them is this film called My Lucky Stars, which is more of a comedy with some action in it. So it has like a Jackie Chan action scene in the beginning at a, at a on a Ferris wheel in, a, in an amusement park that looks really cool. And then there's like a bunch of Jackie Chan action towards the end. But then the middle of the movie is all this uh, the comedy about these dudes who were orphans, but now they're all grown up and they're a bunch of scoundrels. And there's a straight up like a 10 minute sequence that where the quote comedy drew mm-hmm. is based on them trying to uh, physically like get with a woman and they trick her uh, with like uh, ninja outfits and stuff mm-hmm. to like tie her up. To, it's it's uh, rapey. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Asians. Well, I don't, I, I don't know about... More like men? Well, that too. <laughs> I don't know why it's got to be uh, uh, ethnicized when it makes more sense to genderize it. Um, It's a fun movie, though. Outside of the, the gross, weird, rapey shit that happens towards the middle of the movie, I'd say you probably skip over that and then just get to, you know, <laughs> them hanging out in Japan. It's mostly Chinese people hanging out in Japan and seeing, like, whoa, these guys. And, uh, oh, man, Drew, you might like this movie. This is right up your alley. Tommy Lee Jones mm-hmm. in The Park is Mine. You were talking about this a couple weeks ago. A couple weeks ago. I finally rented it. Uh, Vietnam vet. Get this beginning. This is the beginning. Vietnam vet. A friend of his sends him a letter. He's like, I'm dead. from can- By the time I read this, I'm dead from cancer. Um, go to Central Park and go to these locations and you'll find that I have all this shit set up. And he has, he has like little uh, outposts with a whole bunch of like MREs and shit and a bunch of explosions set up all throughout the park and weapon stashes. And uh, the whole point of the letter is like, I just want to like, I just want the world to notice me or something. And then he he picks up this um, the, the, mantle. the mantle, this cause of being a disaffected white man who like his wife has left him because he's a bad husband. <laughs> And a bad dad, and won't let him see the kid without him paying his back uh, alimony mm-hmm. or whatever. So of course she's the bitch, right? Yeah. And uh, so he's like, I just want the world to hear me. I'm a bear. I got a voice and all that stuff. And so he takes over Central Park one day. He he calls nine one one. He's like, there's gonna be these explosions. You better evacuate uh, everyone. And the explosions go off, and this shit happens. Man. And and then he he just like he's a domestic terrorist who takes over yeah. the park for like yeah. twenty four hours. Yeah, white nationalist. Great. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he doesn't necessarily talk about like they won't replace us but it has that vibe man where he is like uh, the second amendment and this right. is my land right. my country uh-huh. and it's Tom Lee Jones yeah. it's a made for TV Canadian production okay. so we have some New Yorkers with the suspicious accents for yes. sure but uh, it's mostly pretty pretty fun <laughs> it's a pretty fun ridiculous little movie that, that I enjoyed and, uh, and Tom Lee Jones is great Cool. At least Tommy Jones. Uh, that, that's it. That's my media diet. What do you got? You got anything? For I me? watched uh, the history of swear words. The whole thing. Oh, you watched the whole thing? No. And you like it? It was good I mean, enough. Obviously, you watched the whole thing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was good enough. Some of the episodes were better than others. They definitely blew their wad with "fuck" being the first yeah, one. Yeah, why would fuck <laughs> be the first one, man? Uh, and then you got make me want to care about dick. Yeah, no, exactly. I just don't care. Yeah, that's no. weird. Um, yeah, fucking shit. We're, we're but it was that's a hell of a one-two punch. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. No, that's good. I mean, it's, and, just, and it's yeah. Nick Cage, man. No, exactly. It's Nick Cage being Nick Cage. Yeah, I S- mean, Sarah Silverman pops up. Who who knows? Maybe one day we'll just be calling. You know, quit being such a Nick head. Stop being. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta be such a Nick head. All right, suck my neck. So, suck <laughs> suck my neck, and work the cage. 
Work the cage. And say my name. <laughs> Suck my neck, work the cage, say my name. That that works. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, absolutely. All right, History of Spirit was on Netflix, and uh, both of us like it, guys. So yeah. if you haven't checked it out yet, check it out. My mom likes it, too. She watched it. Of course, why not? It's pretty easy to watch. Yeah. Yeah. And Only I mean, people who don't like it are people who are like, oh, it's the swear words. Yeah, uh, most of the explanation of the swear words is done by very smart 50-year-olds. Yeah. <laughs> very smart people who use the words like etymologically, 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 words. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I use words. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's smart. It's yeah. smart and it's well, pretty well put together. I, I liked the uh, the guy expert because there were some times where he was definitely not comfortable saying what he was saying. Oh, yeah, he is, <laughs> he is for sure the nerdiest of all of them, the most uptight, yeah. but the... This is your field, guy. <laughs> Come on, just just speak these words with us. And he's like, um, wait, uh, uh, pussy. Mm-hmm. Oh, this poor guy. Yeah. This poor guy still. He's afraid to Google it. He is safe search on <laughs> incognito mode. Oh no, that's when he turns <laughs> safe search off. Neither of those work. No, they don't. It's an illusion of. It's like a oh. um, exit air procedure, thirty thousand feet. Mm-hmm. The illusion of safety. Mm-hmm. It's like when I lock my door at night. Yeah. When I go to sleep. Yep. That door it's not going to do it now. That's nothing to help you. You kick that thing open. Real easy. But I feel better. Mm-hmm. I ain't seen one of it open. That's all that matters. Like, I'm not just going to let you walk in. <laughs> like, you're you're going to have to do a little bit of work. You're at least going <laughs> to wake me up when you kick it open. Hopefully the jangling of the doorknob will give me a second to mm. throw myself out the patio window. <laughs> I'll wrap myself in a blanket. <laughs> uh, cut myself the ribbons. But say probably dislocate your shoulder when you hit the ground. <laughs> There's some bushes down there. I'll miss those bushes. <laughs> Land right in the dirt. <laughs> I was about to say, more like the, with your luck, more like the sidewalk. Just straight on the concrete. You know what? <laughs> You're not even going to hit the soft grass. Just pow, right on the sidewalk. Oh, yeah. I wasn't even thinking about that grass. That grass <laughs> is too far. I was thinking about the bushes straight down. You're right. I'll get right in the middle, right in that sidewalk. Yep. Oof. Hip, hip dislocated. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, why? Maybe a crack skull. And, and But then, what was it? It was a, a sleep paralysis demon that, that, <laughs> that freaked me out. That's the that's the spoiler. That's the Twilight Zone twist. Do 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 do. What else you watch? That was it. Oh okay. Okay, fair enough. Now it's swear words. Uh, wait, doing more cyberpunking? No, not really. Just kind of took a week off of watching the television. Heck yeah. Heck yeah, dude. Sometimes you gotta do that. Yeah. That's perfect because that uh, it gives us plenty of time for a second half, which we're gonna need. And then we also have episode 60 of Billy D's Death at the Movies. Billy D's back, baby. Woo! So let's uh, hear from Billy D. And then we're going to be back with uh, all that stuff, plus that Army Hammer cannibal story. More than just cannibals, dude. Okay. More than just cannibals. I mean, sure. Oh, boy. <laughs> Watch a few movies, take a few minutes. Billy Dee's Death at the Movies. What's up, my dudes? I've been chilling up here in NYC, watching movies, playing games, baking, and taking pictures. Through all that, I have been able to watch some stuff. Recently, I was able to catch Hunted a little early. It's now available on Shutter, and I thought it was a beautiful and grim little movie. 
I wish it tied up a little neater in the end, but I'm fine with the thematic connectivity rather than any corny direct connection made between the beginning and the end. We start with a campfire story shared between an older woman and a young girl about the history of the forest they are resting in, and a time when some not-so-nice invaders attempted to brutalize the young girl in order to sate their various hungers. In her darkest moment, the young girl releases a sound so pure in its pleas for help that the forest answers in kind and sends its most vicious emissaries to vanquish the invaders. This is all done in a stunning animated style. We then cut to Eve. She's on a work trip and it's not going well. She doesn't seem to be getting the results and respect she wants or deserves from the men around her and her personal relationship is suffering. She decides to go to a bar and get a drink, blow off some steam. There's some aggressive douche canoe starts hitting on her and she's rescued by a stranger who seems to be really charming and nice. They drink, dance, make out a little in his car and in the middle of this make out another man gets into the driver's seat without a word, begins driving. She panics, obviously. This night has just turned south, fast. These two men obviously mean her harm and are bringing her somewhere very remote to do it. The rest of the film is a lengthy cat and mouse chase with a surprisingly high body count for such a small film. Some of the cinematography and color choices in this are great. Performances are all pretty great across the board. Where this lost me a little was in Ari Walthalter's performance as the guy. His insanity switch flips a little too quickly for my liking, but I'm not in control of it, and overall it works really well. It's not uneven, it's just jarring. I'd preferred a little more of a Rudger Hauer style menacing, like from The Hitcher, but I do like how far he goes, it's just the jump is a little steep. Love Lucy DeBay is even this. She really goes for broke in the last act. And that's what I really enjoyed about this film. Her performance, the overall look of it, and the tension leading up to the chaos at the end. This is a very explosive finale. And this is also a movie about gender violence. So all of the warnings in advance. So Catch Hunted, directed by Vincent Perinod on Shudder. Stay cool, Billy D. Billy D, we appreciate it, buddy. Follow him on Twitter at I Love Blood. Same on Instagram, I believe. Uh, there's also Billy D snaps and whatnot. And uh, he's a good guy. Thanks, Bill. We appreciate it, yeah, good sir. And that's just small videos of him snapping his fingers. This is him snapping. He's part of a street gang. <laughs> part of the Jets. That's how it, it's, his, it's his Jets audition videos mostly. He's been auditioning to be part of the Jets for years. And did you know that the Jets won a few gangs that has auditions? That's as weird. A, yeah. As, as opposed, opposed to like jump ins yeah, or yes, weird exactly. stuff like that. It's like, hey, cool cat. You want to be part of this crew? <laughs> Let's see them snaps. Can you hang, Nettio? Um, thanks, but we appreciate it. 
Uh, you can email us, cinemacrespediso at gmail.com. You can join our Facebook group, but you really should just get off Facebook. Uh, <clears throat> you should follow our Twitter at Crespediso until big government Twitter decides to shut down our freedom of speech. But we're libtard cucks, so we're not going to be shut down, right? Uh, uh, see, they first they came for <laughs> the fascists who call for insurrections. Then they'll come for the libtard cucks who call okay. for bacon on donuts. <laughs> I don't really follow that slippery slope, but it's a slippery slope. Okay. <laughs> um, Patreon.com slash Crespity. So sign up. We're in the midst of Michael Manuary having a good time. Uh, Everything's so wet and shiny. <laughs> it's wet and shiny and uh, well, I like droning music and people obsessed with time and love that they can't have. Uh, okay, so like I said, email us, cinemacrespediso at gmail.com, and we'll read it on the show just like it is. We got an email from Ron. What's up, Ron? So, what's new, guys? Nothing much. Oh, I'm sorry, it's an email. Don't worry, I'm a <laughs> I, I did see One Night in Miami, and I thought it was beautiful and contemplative on how far we have gone. Mm. I went on a Google hole of all the characters and actors, and despite to seeing hot men with those pants and the great butts, especially Jim Brown. I am touched by the struggles and I called and the calls they represent for the people I am probably a member of. The style in which this was written is very much like a play adapted to a TV screen. Mm -hmm. But I do that think that unlike Fences, just... Hang on. Another skip play. the line. Another play turns into a movie. But I do think that Unlike Fences just took it to a higher level. Maybe not a higher level, but higher either way. I plan to watch that one was Viola with Viola Davis later on today. I've been too much into Hades for the Switch. That's a video game, by the way. Okay. Uh, I was really into that gotcha game Genshin Impact and was also a heavy into Final Fantasy fourteen. But this game, which is roguelike and has the repetitive played at Mickey, wants to do better next time. It's so intense and so beautifully written. Can't stop playing it. I really miss going to the movies, though no less. Oh, I also watched the first season of Search Party, and it made me kind of happy that people in New York got hit so hard. Love COVID, and that's really horrible, and I have to deal with that. But I can watch the first season. I was angry at the whiteness of it. And I got, and I just go on, you know, I'm curious, but it just made me so angry about how the other seasons, seasonings go on. The Probably other, other seasons. The other seasons, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that, that talk, talk to, to type. That talk to text was tough, Ron, but we appreciate it. I think we got most of that. Oh, uh, yeah, and he's got some more, he's got some questions for us at the bottom here. Please. I love the questions. Here we go. Question number one. I also have a question for you. What's your favorite drink with vodka? Uh... Club, club soda, club soda, or seltzer water with uh, with vodka is probably just my straight up easiest fave. I'm a fan of white Russians personally. White Russians are good too. Um, also, close second, uh, I've gotten into martinis. I like mm. a martini, but a vodka martini, obviously not gin. Number three. Do you have a favorite plant? I was going to say my number three drink with vodka. <laughs> Long Island iced tea. Uh, do I have a favorite plant? I do. Marijuana. Oh. Marijuana. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sticky. I was going to say Audrey, too, but marijuana is better because it doesn't want to eat me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, are cargo shorts dad clothes or utility? Um, when I was of age, they were uh, 
college clothes. They were fashionable. Fashionable. <laughs> I needed them for my cigarettes and for my wallet and my keys. Uh, now they're dad clothes. Yeah. What was the other dad clothes or what? Utility. I mean, if you're in the army or if you're construction or if you're using them pockets and they're like bulging with, with things. No, if, if you use the pockets, then they are, yeah. then it's utility. If yeah. you don't use the pockets, then they're dad clothes. Yeah, then they're just dad clothes. And, and, and just using them for cigarettes isn't enough. <laughs> <laughs> what time do you want to live in? Uh, this is, I think this is a tricky question for a lot of people. This is a tricky See, me personally, being being a white male. Hot uh, man. The, there's a lot of time periods that I could go to and yeah. things would be very, very good for me. Things would be great for you. <laughs> you have, have a good time. Yeah. Man, I, I don't know. I used to sort of want to be the Old West. But it's like I don't know. It's, it also seems like such a shit show. Right well, there. yeah, I mean the, the the old west that you you want to go to movie old. I want to go to a movie old west. Yeah, so you, you don't want to go to the real old west. Yeah, I want to go to like a, a back lot <laughs> that has craft services off to the side that you uh-huh. don't see off camera. Uh-huh. So what the real old west is. So you're saying you want to live now? I think I want to live in the future. Okay. I want to live in whatever dystopian. A uh, cyberpunk Blade Runner future we have Mega City One before it all comes crashing down before the tidal wave comes and wipes it all mm-hmm. off. That's where I want to be. I want to be as far into humanity as possible where we start getting to um, colonizing other worlds. You see, I I do the opposite. I would go to the past and mm-hmm. use, then use my future knowledge to convince all the morons that I'm some sort of deity or god or whatever. And there then, you go. Then, 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 and then and then you know, in that alternate future, there mm-hmm. will be giant stone monuments of Drew all over the place. You know what? You're right. I changed my mind. I'm gonna go back to the '60s. I'm gonna go back to the '70s. And uh, I'm going to invent hip-hop, but I'm just going to do, like, run the jewels. <laughs> and people are going to be like, what are these references? I don't get them. Well, your kids will get them. <laughs> don't worry, you will. Eventually. <laughs> right. And last but certainly not least, Chris, bacon or sausage? Bacon. Well, Agreed. it depends on the context, but overall, bacon. For a breakfast sandwich, though, depending, sometimes, give me that sausage. Sandwich is bacon. Bacon's good, but it depends on from where. If you're going shitty fast food breakfast sandwich, sausage is your better bet. Fast food restaurants all have bad bacon. McDonald's bacon sucks. Wendy's bacon, eh, it's a little too fake smoky. Like, they're all bad. Just sausage patties, though. We're just like, yeah, it's pork. (laughs) All right, we got to email from Gabe. All right, Gabe, what's up, Gabe? What up, show? What up? Watched both debut episodes of WandaVision. WandaVision. I kind of get it without the context. Okay. I feel like Legion FX did it way, way more interesting. Interesting. I'll still watch because I don't got much Marvel context to watch right now, but the live action I still appreciate. I love the style and aesthetic they dedicate themselves to. Mm-hmm. Based on breakdown videos, I feel like Drew would know more to give context. No spoilers, but I get it. New people to introduce me to while I get invested in some other characters and timelines. Mm-hmm. I kind of know through movies already. Okay. Out. Uh, he's watching breakdance videos. I don't, I don't think breakdance videos. That's not what he said. I think breakdown videos. Breakdown videos. <laughs> oh, I love a good breakdown. <laughs> Throwdown has some good breakdowns. Evergreen Terrace has a song called "My Heart Beats and Breakdowns." Uh, sounds like he, sounds like he likes WandaVision. Mm. Well, well I, I, actually, oddly enough, we got a 
Facebook comment from him as well. All right, so he used he also availed himself of the ability to leave a comment for the show via the Facebook comment question thread. Yes. Uh, okay, well, let's see what he has to say here for a follow-up. I sent a drunk email that barely makes sense. My overall assessment is WandaVision has lots of Easter eggs without satisfying answers to what's happening or what's going on, at least for the first two episodes. I hope they get to the point. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. It seems to be getting there. Um, They've had plenty of time to work these things out. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested to see what they're doing. You know, see what kind of weird little Easter eggs they've thrown in there. Oh, yeah, there are. They do, for each episode so far, there's been a fake commercial in there. Uh... And, uh, yeah, it's fun where, like, the products, what the products are and the companies yeah. and all that. They are well, for yeah. sure. It's, I all, mean, it's all Marvel stuff. Yeah, I mean, ha- half the fun of Cyberpunk is all the fun references from everything else that you know. Yeah. I found, uh, actually, this week I found uh, I, I found Roy Batty. Get out of here, really? <laughs> he's, he's sitting. He, you can't interact with him, but there's a guy yeah. just sitting on top of uh, a building holding a dove. You, oh, my he, God. He, <laughs> and he looks... Just like him. That's so funny. So if it's not him, then you know. Yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a statue. Yeah, that's so funny. Um, all right, so I guess is it set in L.A.? I mean, uh, Night City is technically in California. It's not Los Angeles, but it's still California. But, but it is technically California because Blade Runner is uh, is an L.A. story. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's get some news. Uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci suggests that theaters could reopen sometime in the fall. And he's talking about um, uh, live performances, you know, Broadway and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So movie theaters are going to be ahead of that in terms of being a, a safer place for people to start going to. So the key is going to be consumer confidence, mm-hmm. getting people comfortable with the idea of going to the movies again uh, in large numbers to make them profitable. But, you know. It's going to take a while. But it's going to take a while. Movies are coming back, but it's, it's not going to be gone. It ain't going to be gone forever. No. Uh, as a matter of fact, you know, Ron said in his email, he was going to the movie theaters. Yeah. Everybody does. This year, buddy, as a matter of fact, Ron, you're out there in California where um, podcasters li- labeled as essential workers, and the essential workers get the vaccine ahead of, like, general population. Are you fucking serious? <laughs> <laughs> they loved their entertainment industry in California, buddy. So, uh, yeah, Mayor Garcetti did that, uh, the L.A. mayor. So, uh, I know Ron works in, like, you know, in the entertainment industry in a way. I'm, somehow, I know he does in production. Uh, he has to be labeled as an essential worker. Get your vaccine. Get your vaccine, Ron. Go to movies. Be happy. You can go see that. A uh, Liam Neeson movie came out, The Marksman, which made about three point something million dollars. Mm-hmm. The top ten markets. Uh, I saw this tweet uh, in the top ten markets. Market number three for The Marksman, Orlando. Oh, there we go. Yeah. So people are going to movies here. People are going to movies here. The Regals are closed, but uh, pr- the premier cinemas and Fashion Square is open somehow, and uh, the AMC's are open. I think the Downtown Theater might be open, and there's also. There's an epic in Lake Mary, and then in Claremont, and what's by the mall? The uh, is that also an epic? Not by the mall, by the airport. I think it's also an epic. Regal's not the only game in town. They just happen to be the theater. It's right, right. Five, five minutes from yep. my house, and, and the one that I prefer. <sighs> super convenient. Um. All right. Hey, here we go. Let's bounce around a bunch of these stories here. Uh, 
Zack Snyder had a reveal that he had a general pitch meeting with Netflix where he's like, I have an idea for this, and I have an idea for this, and I have an idea for this, and he's like, I have an idea for a zombie movie that's a heist movie in Vegas. And the Netflix um, executive was like, pause, I like that idea, get it started. And like a week later, uh, they, were, they had money, pre-production, it, it was ridiculous. He, ha- he had no intention of making, like, this is my next big thing. Yeah, he's like, I have these ideas. And Netflix was like, yeah, we're we're paying for this one. Yes. Get working. Yeah, we'll take this one now. <laughs> fast. And he's like, oh, my God. It's uh, interesting how that works. So what we got to do, Drew, is we got to come up with a whole list of ideas. And, and just go to Netflix. And get ourselves a goddamn meeting. <laughs> and just start pitching. And no matter what, it's all like, we can do this cheap. We can do this ass cheap. Um, opposite of cheap. Legendary Pictures, talking about how they would sue Warner Brothers for releasing their movies uh, direct to HBO Max without any compensation. Specifically, we're talking Dune Mm -hmm. and um, King Kong vs. Godzilla. Now, Dune, scheduled to come out in October, looking like it will be theatrical only because, first off, it's October. I'm okay with that. Right, pretty late in the year Mm -hmm. in terms of things reopening. And Denis Villeneuve... Who is their like number two Warner Brothers hot shit director behind Christopher Nolan at this moment? Um, he's gonna get what he wants, and what he wants is a theatrical release. Okay. So uh, Dune looks like that's gonna be the case there. So that means I have to get the vaccine before October. Yeah, we'll get it before October. We'll get it by uh, like April or May, most likely. The unless you know podcasting essential work. We're essential. DeSantis. Is this work? Hmm. Roman people work through their problems. <laughs> by being there for them um, come on Death Santis so Godzilla vs. King Kong is going to HBO Max and they moved the release date from the end of May to the end of March so now this movie's come out in two months okay. and there's been zero marketing for this movie yeah. but now it's come out in two months I'm in theaters and HBO Max at the same time okay and uh, my question is how much did they have to pay Legendary to, to get this deal because they, probably a bun Netflix uh, said that they wanted it and I think the price tag was 200 250 million well then maybe more than that I don't think so I don't think so there's a lot of money involved in this type of thing like I was reading how um, there's another Warner movie uh, coming out here in a couple of weeks that's a uh, a crime movie it's got Denzel Washington Jared Leto a couple of people yeah I saw what, fuck, where did I see a fucking little snippet for that thing somewhere. Maybe maybe online or yeah. something. Yeah, uh, they're starting to do the marketing for that. And uh, people are talking about how much they had to pay Denzel Washington. Like, they're trying to figure sure. out. Yeah, because mm-hmm. he had back end points as a yeah. producer. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah, you, you got to buy him out. You got to buy him <laughs> out. Um, Gal Gadot got paid $10 million uh, to buy out her back end points. Because Wonder Woman was going to make like a billion dollars. Oh, huge. Uh, so she got her like 10 to $20 million payday. And then on top of that, they had to give her another $10 million. Yeah, they had to. Same thing. There's no... There, you you are owed back end points. This isn't coming out in theaters. Well, that's a problem. That's a problem now. <laughs> we we negotiated these points. Um, I know COVID happened, but shit. Yeah. But but that's on you fuckers. But shit, ass shit, all the shit. Where else does shit come from? Shit, shit, mouth shit. Uh, so yeah, we'll see Kong v Godzilla at the uh, end of March. Here cool. we'll be seeing that. Deadpool three. Kevin Feige at MCU brings it up here. What's the actual... Let's just jump to the quote. He says, Deadpool will be rated R. Uh, Side note from me, 
I'll believe it when I see it. I was about to say, yep. yeah. It will be rated R, and we are working on a script right now, and Ryan's overseeing a script right now. It will not be filming this year. Ryan is a very busy and very successful actor. We've got a number of things already announced that we have to make, but it's exciting for it to have begun. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Will not have the Disney logo on that movie. I mean, right? <laughs> will they just leave the logo off? It's a Marvel movie. Yeah, we don't have to have the Disney movie. Well, I mean, okay, so if it's not even made yet by then, I'm sure they would have figured out exactly how they're going to do, like, their Marvel legacy and this, that, the other. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it'll have that logo. Or you know what? Seriously, they could just do what they did, what they did with the comic books. Where, like, the hardcore stuff, mm-hmm. they, did, they, they either gave it... Uh, uh, what, I think they gave it the Marvel Knights logo. It, mm. was, it wasn't Marvel. It, it was, but it was Marvel Knights. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was just like, like it, a subsidiary. And, exactly. Yeah, yeah. J- just so you know, like this is not for children. Like, right. Don't let your kids watch this they, or read this. So they're gonna have to do something <laughs> like that. Maybe they can use their twentieth century no. films. Throw that logo up there, reminiscent of Fox. It's no. pretty much the Fox logo, just with the word Fox removed. Um. Yeah, they're going to figure something out if they really. Also, there's this. Uh, it's th- those movies are rated R, and they're pretty hard R in terms of the profanity and the jokes and the violence is. Yeah, you know, that's some pretty good violence. Disney could technically make an R-rated Deadpool that's a very soft R. Yeah, right? but it could be missing that action, yeah. not the action, be missing a lot of the violence. Just says fuck a few times, and um, it could not go nearly as far as you know. It could it could be a soft R-rated, like so Disney-fied R-rated movie. Do you really think Ryan Reynolds would allow that to happen? Ah, uh, so how f- much sway can Mr. Reynolds have uh, when you're dealing with the machine that is Disney? And you know, well, well, here's the thing: they have two options: do what he wants or shut down Deadpool. Oh boy! <laughs> because the as of right, I mean, it's not like they're going to recast Deadpool like. In well, the next twenty years, they could they could recast, reimagine, recast. It, but I mean, do they? What do they need it for? They have all these things already announced. Plus, you already mentioned X Men. They coming. Fantastic Four announced that they already have their um, their showrunner or not the showrunner. They took the showrunner from um, from Moon Knight. They took the Moon Knight showrunner is writing the Fantastic Four script as well. I believe, if I recall that correctly. Uh, and then the directors are like, like we said last week, the uh, the Moorhead and Benson team, and another guy who's uh, like an Egyptian dude, or what did he? F- I forgot what he worked on. I'm, now I'm just trying to recall stuff. Welcome to Chris recall stuff that he <laughs> read days ago. Um, Sex in the City coming back to HBO Max without Kim Cattrall's Samantha. What? Drew is speechless. He's devastated. Look, Drew, relax. It's fine, Drew. Chris, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, We got some new Jeopardy celebrity guest hosts. So we already know about Ken Jennings. Mm -hmm. He's the first one. And it's already been announced. I'm just a guest host. There's a whole slew of these people. Um, Katie Kirk was announced as the second one. Okay. Okay. Uh, LA Times announced that and uh, does this one also say who another one is I had to pull a couple articles no. and then this according to this one this second update oh yeah they added 
I thought this one was kind of weird. He was on as a as a celebrity player before, but I guess they're really trying to expand who Jeopardy could be for. Mm-hmm. Um, NFL quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Oh, okay. I mean, that's kind of yeah. I get that. Mister Discount, yeah. double check himself. Yeah, I get be, it. Uh, I get it. Will be a guest host. And uh, let me see here. Does this also say there was another one that they announced? I was like, oh, this, that could be good too. They should have Will Ferrell come out and do his oh, come impression. On. Come on, wow! <laughs> How amazing would that be? That'd be so fantastic. On a real episode of Jeopardy. That'd be so fantastic <laughs> if they did that. Oh, and here we go. Uh, Mayim Bialik. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, she's super smart. She's a, a legit genius. No. Yeah. So uh, they tapped her to be a a host as well. Okay. So we have a number of number of people lined up here. It could be interesting. Uh, Jeopardy is a good game. It's it's easy to to keep that going. You know, with guest host, different host, uh, until they find the person that's like, yeah, this one will stick. This will be a good one. Um, it's the format that people like. Obviously, everyone likes Alex Trebek, well, Alex course. Trebek, and all that. You know, yeah. but but still, the format's <laughs> a good format. Yeah, plenty of shows out there have had likable hosts, and the shows themselves tank. So. Okay, uh, moving on now. Oh, we're on a question. Uh, story seven. This is a, this is a good one. Uh, Brendan Fraser, coming off the success of Doom Patrol, has his first uh, movie leading role lined up, and the first time in a while mm-hmm. that we got Brendan Fraser. When was the Mummy two? Like twenty years ago? Yeah. yeah. Well, Christ. I mean, I think what wasn't those Journey wasn't Journey to the Center of the Earth after that? Yes, Journey to the Center of the Earth three D. Uh, accidental movie star that is Brendan Fraser was in that first one and it made a bunch of money yeah and then The Rock was in the second one (laughs) (laughs) even more even more (laughs) holy cow made so much more money franchise Viagra Uh, he Brendan Fraser is teaming up with Darren Aronofsky okay yes cool and they're adapting a novel called The Whale now uh, what if I told you it's a story of a man it's a Modern Moby Dick update. Captain Ahab, he's a man on a fishing vessel. He, he spots a, a legendary whale, and he has a one-on-one battle with it. Psychological, existential. It's all these... What if I told you that that's what the movie's about? Okay. Sounds good, right? It's about a fat guy. Okay. It's about... A, he's going to play a man who's 600 pounds. Okay. <laughs> and it's pretty much uh, my 600-pound life, but done by a guy that did for a dream. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um... Written by Samuel D. Hunter. It's being written for A24. And here's the plot synopsis. In a rundown apartment in rural Idaho, surrounded by screens and food containers, a 600-pound recluse doggedly and determinedly eats himself to death as he inches closer and closer to the inevitable his friend Liz, a cynical atheist nurse, and Elder Thomas, a young, hopeful Mormon missionary, both attempt to find in Charlie the will to be saved physically and spiritually. Etc. Etc. Cool. Yeah. So that's it. Eight two four. Fraser. Not Fraser. Yeah. Brendan Fraser. I, when I said Fraser in my head, I was thinking <laughs> Kelsey Grammer. Yeah. Uh huh. That would be ooh, Darren, Darren Aronofsky's <laughs> Fraser. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that would just be. Uh, man. Hmm. Well, Aronofsky's Fraser be that would be uh, what's uh, it? Would like, that just be American Psycho? It'd just be American Psycho. <laughs> Um, Aronofsky also shot the announcement video for Andrew Yang's New York City mayoral run, which is very funny. <laughs> well, he also, uh, he executive produced that, uh, weird movie about the villages. Yeah, that's true, too. Yeah. 
He does stuff. Yeah. He's having a good time. I mean, he, he did that shit for fucking, uh, what, Discovery Channel? Nat Geo? One Strange Rock? One Strange Rock. Available on Disney Plus. Um, ben Affleck. Got a couple of Ben Affleck stories. First off, back in the director chair. This time for, again, Disney. Because okay. they own everything. Yeah. And he is going to direct the adaptation of Keeper of the Lost Cities, a 2012 fantasy novel by Shannon Messenger. Uh, it's reported by Deadline. This New York Times bestseller. And it follows a telepathic 12-year-old as she races against time to discover where she gained her powers and why she has them, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Uh, another one of these, you know. Yep. Mm-hmm. But one, it's, one of these superhero, not superhero one of, super, one of these things, but it's, uh, it's Ben Affleck. It's his uh, first time working for Disney as the director. And... He's trying to mount sort of another career comeback after his um, recent uh, fight bouts with uh, sobriety. You know, struggling with all that stuff that he has. And I actually have a couple quotes here related to that, well, specifically in Justice League. That and recently he's been making not very good movies it's on tied, all fronts. Tied to, you know, <laughs> tied to his uh, substance use and stuff like that. So he says here, oh, this is a, a funny quote um, regarding... Batman and Justice League. I did Batman because I wanted to do it for my kids. I wanted to do something that my son would dig. I mean, my kids didn't see Argo. Zack wanted to do a version of the Frank Miller Dark Knight graphic novel series, which is a really good version of that. Unfortunately, there are a lot of reasons why things go the way they do in the movie business. Just because your face is on the poster doesn't mean that you're dictating all of those things. And even if you were that they would go well. I wore the suit to my son's birthday party, which was worth every moment of suffering on Justice League. Calls this time of Justice League suffering, which I find very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in a separate interview, he m- mentions that his relapse happened while making Justice League. Uh, I started drinking too much right around the time of Justice League. It's a hard thing to confront and face and deal with. I've been sober for a while now and I feel really good. The process of recovering from alcoholism has been really instructive. Blah, 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 blah. Where's that thing thing they says? Um, where is it? If you know, if you knew how many actors and directors and writers were alcoholics or compulsive in some way, I mean, it's the most ordinary thing in the world in Hollywood. Yeah, well, it's because it's the legal drug. Mm-hmm. So, right. Uh, I've worked with actors who've showed up drunk and that was not me. I drank, like, alone in my living room and just passed out with scotch. But I got sober. Meaning, like, he's seen people be worse than him. Just because you see people being worse than you doesn't mean you can't, like, don't fix your own shit. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so he's fixed his own shit, and he's uh, living that healthy life again. Uh, Anna the Armist has moved in with him. They got a puppy. Things are going well. In the Affleck home, he's got himself a new Disney directing job. Yeah, but nothing's going to take away that awful tattoo on his back. Oh, boy. You can always uh, peel the skin off. <laughs> Just have it removed. <laughs> he's got rich people drugs, right? He can like I'm do sure, some sort yeah. of like hyperbaric chamber quick growth. Yeah. Sure. I mean, because, boy, that was a decision. <laughs> it was. <laughs> yes, it was. It was definitely a decision. It was a decision. <laughs> Um, as reported by Deadline, Dutch exhibitor Carlo, oh, Carlo Lambrex. Oh, sorry, Dutch guy. 
He's claimed that he heard No Time to Die will be moved from April to November. Okay. Uh, no Time to Die, one of the first big movies to move from COVID because it was scheduled for last April, moved to November. Then it moved to April. Now it's looking like November. That's a full year and yeah. a half uh, yep. delay. That's brutal. It hasn't been announced officially, but that's the rumor. Oh, yeah, because it'll be announced officially when you see that fucking first fucking commercial on television. Then you then you know it's coming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. Once they start actually spending the, the money on marketing. Again. Yeah. again. Oh, boy. Again, again. So much money being lost on this. Um, so we'll see. We'll see, guys. If some of you are hearing that for the first time here on Crispy So, Rumor Mill, going to get delayed one more time. Uh, Patty Jenkins revealed that only one scene was cut from Wonder Woman 84 mm-hmm. and it was simply a scene of like transition what is it it's dumb it's like uh, we've gotten pretty quick moving in movies a lot now but it doesn't add up to emotion I'm also a director so who knows I may be in those oh no this was people asking her about the length of the movie don't you think this movie maybe a little too long people were asking her so she says we've gotten pretty quick moving but that doesn't add up to emotion I'm also a director, so who knows? I may be indulging myself and just playing around in scenes for too long to sustain the movie. Thank you. Generally, directors do that when you leave them alone. So she's pointing out a couple things here. Uh, first off, hey, I'm a director, so maybe I like that the movie is two and a half hours, fucking hours. Yeah. Um, but that's because Warner Brothers and DC like allowed her to do that, and they mm-hmm. gave her free reign. It's not like where you have Scott Derrickson has left Marvel, uh, Edgar Wright. Uh, ended up parting ways with them. All these people want to make their movie, and then Marvel's like, no, 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 you're making our movie. Um, but at DC, for better and for worse, yeah. they're letting the people make their own movies. Uh, so then she revealed, yeah, I didn't cut out very many scenes. I cut out only parts of scenes. The only scene I can even think of was Steve and Diana hailing a cab. That's the only scene that that's it you gotta okay. see them handling the cab now it's gonna end up on a director's cut yep. people be like oh <laughs> shit see the, the cab hailing scene for the first time ever in Wonder Woman 84 uh, maybe they should cut off a few more things <laughs> I find it interesting that DC does give them so much slack yeah. to work with for these huge properties um, speaking of Marvel Frank Grillo reveals that he only did a stunt because of Scarlett Johansson here we go. This is on, uh, here's Frank Grillo. We were doing Cap 2, Winter Soldier. We were out in Long Beach on an aircraft carrier. So, however many stories above the level, the boat, what is that? He even says there, 150 feet, right? So that's how big the aircraft carrier is. You're probably 300 feet up from the water. And basically what we had to do was clip into a crane and they dropped us so that it looked like we were flying onto the boat. And I wasn't going to do it. I said, I'm not doing that. Let my guy do it. I'm not doing it. And Scarlett Johansson said, well, I'm going to do it. So she went and did it. And then I had to do it. I think in the movie, I fly in behind her. And she didn't. But I had shit in my pants because I was that afraid. And it was pitch black. It was nighttime. So uh, he, he was like, oh, shit. Yep. I just got outstunned by ScarJo. <laughs> I can't I can't let this lady do a stunt that I'm not uh that I'm not willing to do. I'm supposed to be the punisher, damn it. Yeah, I'm the badass <laughs> here. What's going on? But uh yeah, ScarJo Hanson. I don't think she gets enough credit for being um uh, for the action work. Yeah. No. Yeah, she does a lot of good action stuff and she's I've never like not believed her in anything. Yeah. So 
It's like sometimes Angelina Jolie, who I like as an actor, like in Ooh. Salt. It's like, I don't, you know, yeah. are those punches? Like, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. I don't. Don't believe it so no. much because of the physicality. Um, but I believe her physicality. Chris Evans in talks to return as Captain America, supposedly. He sort of denied it on Twitter, but Maybe. it's Twitter. Who gives a shit? Whatever. Those are all lies. Those are all lies on Twitter. I mean, sure, yes, no, maybe so. You could play. I mean, I mean, do we need it? They're though? already playing with timelines, so they yeah. they can if they want. I mean, if, timelines, multiverse. Listen, if they want to pay him, that's fine. He can be Steve Rogers for as long as they keep shoveling money into his fucking bank account. Yeah, that's uh, true. you know. But after that, like, I mean, you're gonna have to recast him eventually. Eventually, you, you, got, you got to figure out something. You got to move on. You have to move on. You can't bring back Robert Downey Jr. at this point. You gotta move on from all this shit and then think about recasting down, down, down the road. Um, Johnny Depp. Here's some Johnny Depp stories. A new report about his legal cases and career has highlighted his behavior on murder on the Orient Express. This is from an unnamed Disney executive revealed to Business Insider. You know that gossipy... Gossipy yeah, tabloid yeah. Business, business insider. insider. <laughs> um, shoots, interviews. He never hid his partying, but he finally hit the wall on murder on the Orient Express. Right when rehearsals began in 2017, he walked in late the first day, and Kenneth Branagh, who directed, very calmly said, That's not the way I work. I don't allow lateness. If you choose that behavior, you can leave the film right now. It's fine. Johnny just said, I hear you, sir. I won't do it again. It humiliated him in front of stars as big as he was. Because, yeah, imagine that yeah. happening. And who else is in that fucking movie? It was a, a laundry list of goddamn yeah. movie stars. Uh-huh. And he's like, I'm sorry, sir. My apologies. I mean, this is Ag- this is Agatha Christie's Kenneth Branagh's murder on the Orient Express. This is a big goddamn production that you have the pleasure of being in, Mr. Erratic Lifestyle. And, uh, and he humiliated himself on the first day. So, uh, but then it's also the type of thing where, um, this is fascinates me where there are people like this who are a complete mess and then something happens where someone just has to snap them into place and then, and then they're, and then for the movie, they're there uber professional, like perfect every moment. There's a story I remember reading about Charlie Sheen towards his last days of working on, um, Two and a Half Men where he was like extra erratic and then we turn out, turns out four years later, it's called that all timed out with him finding out he was HIV positive, yeah. so he was just like spitting out on his head. And we were all making fun of him. Ha ah, ha, look at this guy going crazy with tiger, tiger blood. blood. He's about having tiger blood in him. Yeah. He's, he's sick. <laughs> he's scared that he's dying. And we were making fun of him. Anyway. He didn't tell us that. That's the problem. Yeah, you need more information. It's not our fault necessarily. So, uh, but there's a story about him working on that set one day where, um, like, he's they're there. It's the first shot of the day, the studio audience and all that, and he can't get his lines that he can't recall them he's really stumbling it's really bad and uh i think someone had to pull him to the side like, come on man you gotta get your shit together he's like yeah you're right you're right right and then he was like rest of the shoot perfect rest of the day he had every line immediately um it just had to be like kind of snapped into him speaking of uh, o'keefer sutherland is another one who like 
the joke is if you're in Los Angeles, oh, welcome to Los Angeles. Do you have a Kiefer Sutherland story <laughs> yet? You know, uh, because he goes all around. He drinks. He, if you go out drinking in LA, you'll, you'll run into him eventually. Eventually, you're gonna. He's gonna come into that bar mm-hmm. and buy people drinks and be a goddamn party. He his his like car drives him to whatever show he's working on. What was the last one he did? The the designated survivor like designated survivor the, the teamsters would pull him up to the set and then he would like fall yeah. out of the back yeah. just like stinking of cigarettes and booze the designated survivor has a designated driver he better have one. Oh my god <laughs> he, he is a wreck and then they, they throw him in the makeup chair and he's like half dead and then they put him on set action and he's like hey i'm keeper tell ah, hey i'm a professional <laughs> actor and this is what i do it's crazy what some of these people do um so johnny depp is one of these guys one of these guys there is a David O. Russell movie that is assembling a Wes Anderson-level cast. Really? Uh, for people who aren't familiar with the name, David O. Russell, his most recent films were all Jennifer Lawrence movies. Yeah. Um, you ever see Joy, the one where she makes the, she's the miracle mop lady? That's a pretty he said good. it was good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, American Hustle, uh, and what was right before that? Um, Silver Lining? Silver Linings Playbook. Thank you very much, sir. And then uh, I Heart Huckabees was before that one, which we love. Fantastic. Great score. John Bryan's score. Uh, didn't do that much box office-wise. Of though. course not. One of Mark Wahlberg's better performances, for sure. I mean, probably one of his... Yeah, I mean, between that and The Departed, like, he's almost an actor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. He's really good. He's a New York firefighter the days after 9-11, and he's great. Um, if, if only he was on that plane. And uh, he has a couple other. My, one of my favorites is Flirting with Disaster, where you get a younger Josh Brolin playing uh, an FBI agent and a gay uh, partner to um, Richard Jenkins. And Richard Jenkins gets dosed at one point, and he's like running around the desert, but like, ah, I can see you. It's a, oh, man, that's a fun movie. Anyway, here's this cast for this movie that no one knows anything about. These are people who have just been recently added, according to Deadline Robert De Niro. Mike Myers, Timothy Oliphant, Michael Shannon, Chris Rock, Anya Taylor-Joy, Andrew Riseborough, um, Matthias Schoenarts. He's a, a bigger splash. Remember yeah. that guy? Mm-hmm. And this one's funny. Alessandro Nivola, who is the, um, the fucking... Maddox or whatever the younger brother in Face Off and then he was okay. in and then now years later he's in Art of Self Defense yeah. and he was just in Black Narcissists on um, BBC slash FX those are all the new ads to a, sh- a movie that already had Rami Malek Zoe Saldana John David Washington Margot Robbie and Christian Bale what in the fuck <laughs> is he making what is this what is this yeah, sometimes you just get these movies with these casts, and it's just like, it's like yeah, you, you, even the five wonders <laughs> like one scene. It's like, oh, that's Mike Myers. Yeah, no, exactly. Is that Mike Myers? <laughs> Half the movie, people are just gonna be like, what? <laughs> is, Wait, that, is that <laughs> is that Chris Rock? Uh, the initial announcement of the movie had Bale, Robbie, and Washington. And then Malik and Saldana were announced a few days ago, like oh. maybe earlier this week, and then just like a couple days ago, all these other names were added. Yeah, well, I mean, some of these people have worked together before, so... That's true, and some of them have worked with David O. Russell. Oh. I mean, Christian Bale's coming back and stuff, so... Oh. Interesting to see I mean, what's Chris, next. Christian Bale worked with Zoe Saldana in that, uh... The, what was the name of that movie? Uh, Place Beyond the Pines. Bale? No, no, no. 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 The other... Oh, God, he, he's got a rifle. 
out of the furnace. Boom. <laughs> out of the furnace. There you go. Got a rifle and a beard. Similar aesthetic, those yeah. movies. Yeah, for sure. That's one of Woody's, Woody Harrelson's best performances. Um, moving on swiftly through these stories. Yeah, we got to give ourselves plenty of time for this Army Hammer shit. The, the, oh, Tom Cruise ordered COVID robots for Mission Impossible 7. Of course. So there's these robots going around. What's the actual quote here? This is from, uh, according to the Sun, the UK Sun, which is a little more tabloidy. Um, a source allegedly describes these gadgets. Quote, the robots are really sophisticated and rather intimidating. It's like a Terminator, only not as violent. So they're going around and basically they can administer like on-the-spot COVID tests. And they're, I guess they're monitoring people's social distancing and shit. Fun. That's pretty intense. Um, also, this is kind of crazy. Doug Lyman talks about the delays in making Edge of Tomorrow 2. And the delay is Tom Cruise. Yeah. Um, he says... He's going to space. That, that's partial. Well, he's going to be in space with them. They, on their way to space, they can talk about Edge of Tomorrow, too. They can figure it out on the plane right up. Um, quote, it's one of these things where if Tom, Emily, and I were to say we're ready to pull this trigger, uh, it's Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt. The film gets made. That's pretty much how Hollywood works. The stars are the gatekeepers. If you can get Cruise and Blunt to commit, it's going to happen. And apparently it's Cruise is the one who's like, ah, he's not too sold in the script yet. But... Here's the thing. Doug Lyman is a wild director who it's a miracle any of his movies are good. Go is a good movie. Mm-hmm. Born Identity is a good movie. Uh, the, 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 it's a goddamn live, die, repeat worked out well. But he has he's known for being erratic, for shooting too much footage, not having a game plan on set, and thinking, yeah, I'll just figure it out in the edit. Right? He's known for doing that shit. Here, his own words on how they may live, die, repeat. The script wasn't there when we started shooting. Tom and I often laugh about this, that during prep on that movie, we'd say, man, there's nothing like a looming start date to put down pressure to get the script right. And then while we were shooting, we'd say to ourselves, man, there's nothing like a looming rap date to really put down (laughs) pressure to get the script done. And then when we were editing the movie, we were like, man, there's nothing like a release date to really force you to get that script right. Motherfuckers. So they basically made a movie without a script. And it's a time travel movie. How did they work that out? It's a miracle. It's a miracle <laughs> that good movies ever get made, let alone by people like this who don't know what they're doing. Like, we think these people know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. They're fine by the seat of their pants. It's crazy. Uh, anyway, that's our excuse to tell you to watch that movie again. Or watch it for the first time if you haven't yet. That's good. It's quite good. And if you don't like Tom Cruise, then watch it. Because yeah, because you just watch him die. He dies a lot. He dies over <laughs> and over and over in gruesome ways. Um, the best one is when the the initial one where the, yeah. the alien like melts on mm-hmm. him or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Boy, brutal. Um, Joaquin Phoenix, really Scott, making a movie called Kit Bag, where Joaquin Phoenix is uh, Napoleon Dynamite. No, Bonaparte. Okay, yeah. Uh, also was Napoleon Dynamite, and this movie has been acquired according to Hollywood Reporter by Apple. So we'll see if uh, it gets if any sort of... If, yeah, if it's just going to be an Apple release, if it comes out in theaters, Apple really hasn't come up with a game plan yet, a specific game plan. So uh, that's where that movie's going. Um, already mentioned, I'm skipping this one now because we already mentioned Godzilla v. Kong come out earlier. Ethan Hawke cast as the villain in Moon Knight. We mentioned Moon Knight mm-hmm. already. So Oscar Isaac, good guy. Ethan Hawke, bad guy. That's, okay. That's going to be a fun series. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be good. Obviously, they didn't say who or what like it matters. Like, oh my God, he's yeah. going to play legendary Moon Knight villain. So-and-so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sun guy. I don't know. <laughs> what the, is, it, is he really a moon guy? No one knows nothing about Moon Knight. 
in reality, those are the best characters to like make something on because there's less attachment to them. If you're making a Superman, people get really hung up about what he looks like, what he does. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Batman. When you're like, we're making Moon Knight, people are like, Moon? who? Moon what? Mooney what? And people like me are like, interesting. Yeah, and then you're just like, <laughs> do whatever you want because I have no attachment to this. People who do are weird. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why the fuck do you care so much about Moon Knight? Yeah. My favorite character is Moon Knight. You're, you're fucking... Just please serve my mozzarella sticks and get away from me. <laughs> I don't know why we're having this conversation right now. Okay, here we go. We've teased it. This is it, Drew. Army Hammer. Oh my god. So, uh, someone created a Instagram account called House of Effie, E-F-F-I-E, something like that. Okay. It's easy to find. It's still up there. And there's only a few pictures. And then there's, um, you know how you can save your stories and then people can click on the archive stories mm-hmm. so there's one called hammer horror and one called hammer horror 2 and you can just click through this long series of stories with all these screenshots and her adding text to the screenshots and stuff and basically what's happening is um this woman is putting army hammer on blast for all the bullshit that he put her through over the last i guess couple years it seems and other people other women are now coming forward Contacting her, like here, here are my screenshots of all my crazy. It's all this corroboration is happening, and obviously the thing that's getting play is the talk of cannibalism. Um, And then, uh, and I sat here, I was just listening to music and going through all these posts and just being horrified, horrified by shit I saw. So I am reporting this now so that you people don't have to go (laughs) through the posts. All right, I'm sanitizing it a bit for you, but he does have some weird cannibal stuff. Where he talks about um, being, he like he's like, I want to cut you and just like drink your blood until Ew. I fall asleep, eee. like a little cut. He describes it as a little cut. Uh, another time he says, I want to like cut off one of your toes so I can have it in my pocket, so I have a piece of you with me always. Wow. He is into um, Dom Sub, uh-huh. okay, BDSM. He's the Dom. Um, and I did not know what this was. And then the article pointed out for me. I was like, after I read the post, I was like, I don't know what this acronym is. Yeah. And then when I read a later story that helps sum some things up, it put out what that acronym was. And I was like, oh, oh, no. It's a good thing that's an acronym. Yeah. I was like, whoa. Uh, trigger warning. Actually, trigger warning for the rest of this episode, guys, because we're going <laughs> to talk about some hard stuff for the next 10 minutes before we end. Um, CNC. CNC. And they're both talking about this. And I can only messages. Think, yep, yep. I, I, I mean, there are CNC machines, but those, like, th- those are machines that build things. <laughs> no, no, like, no, no, no. Like, the, Ain't no building like, happening like, here. Like, they cut steel. No no, <laughs> no, 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 no building here. This is not building. This is breaking down. This is bad. Um, CNC, and I was like, cock nipple costume. I was, like, I, <laughs> I was really trying hard. and But it was in relation to, like, really aggressive dom sub play. And I was like, I don't know what this is. Um, consensual, non-consensual. Oh, so uh, so so were they were they play non consensual? Yeah, so rape play, yeah. essentially. Okay, uh, which man you cross the line with rape play, especially yeah. when Army Hammer uh, confirms that he plays without safe words, which is bad, bad, I'm, bad, I'm bad. I'm pretty sure that's just rape. Yes, thank you, Drew. So essentially, <laughs> he people are really keen on the cannibalism stuff. He raped this girl and probably did it to other girls. Um, he talked about how. Uh, he mentions a specific time in the messages in the DMs about uh, uh, 
having sex with her on her kitchen floor with a knife to her neck and how exhilarated he was doing that. And he was like, you took it like a champ. You're so good at it, blah, blah, blah. And then she responded, actually, I was crying hysterically and wanted to get away from you. And he was, and I wanted to, and I wanted to stop. And, and he was like, oh yeah, that was so exhilarating when you were crying and crawling away, blah, blah. He was admitting, yes, that's what happened. And I was yeah. into it and you were so good at it. And she was like, it's not what I wanted. <laughs> and he was like, yes, it was. You're so good at it. Um, it was bad. No, you don't understand. I was crying for real. Oh my God. <laughs> it, it, it was kind of hard to read something. And she even put like trigger warning for this stuff. Yeah. I was like, I, I can, I can fucking, I can handle it. I've seen Takashi Miki movies. And then I started reading them. Like, You're like, no, I guess I can't. I was like, oh, this is bad, bad, bad army hammer. You're a bad man. Um, so, and then other people confirm, yes, he has the, they, they all sort of call themselves kittens because that's his, his um, thing. that's his thing. That's what he calls them. He has, uh, fuck pads all over the world where he can meet them and has, flies them out where then he'll like either he'll have sex with them or he'll ignore them for a few days. Maybe because he like had too many girls come out of something. I don't know what he's doing. Recently divorced, um, from his wife of, I think 10 years. They have kids. He left a he quote he left I bet you J-Lo was like get the fuck out of here he left a action comedy called Shotgun Wedding that's a Jennifer Lopez movie that he was gonna be in hasn't started production yet so he put out a statement being like all this shit is bullshit this is all fake but I'm gonna now I can't go to the Dominican Republic for four months and be away from my kids I'm gonna go home and be with my kids everyone's like bullshit yeah that's that bullshit first off he probably got fired and uh, we'll probably find out like a year from now yeah. that he, that Jennifer Lopez is like, get the fuck out of here, you rapist. And um, it makes no sense, too. Like, oh, yeah, all these allegations of me being a cannibal rapist have come out. I need to go spend some time I'm with my, my kids. kids. Oh, those poor kids. <laughs> His ex-wife is probably like, no, you're not. <laughs> no, you're staying away from our kids, yeah. actually. Yeah, here's an injunction, Mr. Hammer. You goddamn privileged fuck the son of uh, oil tycoon or grandson I think of an oil magnet um, just pampered life and it's not enough for him that he also has to be like sexually dominant I also have yeah. to destroy the women that I have mm-hmm. sex with and mm-hmm. stuff um, and then the cannibalism stuff now people are going back through old Army Hammer profiles. Thinking that maybe some of these jokes are for real. Ah, some things they say now are like, oh, this guy has a weird fascination with meat and blood and knives. Uh, like one tweet about how he went to a restaurant and the waiter asked if he wanted his uh, steak deboned. And he just took the knife from him and deboned it really fast. He gave him back the steak. He's like, I felt like such a, you know, like I know how to use a knife and shit. Like mm. a, the, the, the creep, creep, creepo. Uh, you can like love that kind of stuff without it being a, a, a fetish. Well, yeah, you can, a but meat fetish. B- b- but if you continue that love for long enough, then you get fucking Jack the Ripper. Eventually, yeah, eventually, yeah. You're gonna, <laughs> gonna want to fuck the meat. You're gonna want to fuck that meat. And what's the best meat to fuck? That fresh meat, new meat. Let me get some of that new meat. I'm stuck with this old meat. Let me get that new meat. Blech. Um. So uh, there's also another thing. Uh, all this is just stuff that I remember. I'm not reading any of it. There's a story about how. Someone dug up an old story from 2013 about him and a buddy of his who started a, quote, art project, like a video thing. I think they call it a documentary, but it has not come out yet. And it's uh, probably a short film, and it's about people. They had people cutting themselves uh, on camera, and they framed it as like, oh, yeah, our self-preservation instinct. It's really hard to actually cut ourselves sometimes and and draw the blood. And then there's a quote in there about how um, someone cut themselves over, over 
on their chest, and the blood started running over the nipple, and Army Hammer was like, and the mood changed on that set, and mm. things got really weird and intense, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, for you, and probably nobody else. And for no one else. And, and uh, obviously, like just like I said, that footage has not, has not come out. No. Um, yeah, his... Uh, I just his quote here is pretty ridiculous. Uh, he also has oh actually let me pull this up because he does have here this is interesting. This, he, so he left Shotgun Wedding, but he has a movie called Crisis with Gary Oldman and Evangeline Lilly set to come out. Death on the Nile with Gal Gadot and Letitia Wright. Um, Luca Guadagnino was working on the Call Me by Your Name sequel. Uh, he has a movie called Next Goal Wins, a soccer movie with Michael Fassbender and Elizabeth Moss. Uh, he has a Paramount series called The Offer that he's working on. So he has a whole bunch of shit that's about to blow up on him. We some ju- of it's done, some of it's not. We just watched him in Rebecca. We just watched him in Rebecca, <laughs> where people were like, was he sleeping with Lee James? And, and people were thinking that that was happening. I think it was after the divorce, too. So they're like, oh, I think they're a couple. Um, that poor girl. Oh, my God. What he, what he must have done to her. Um, Army Hammer. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Bad dude. He's a bad dude. And huge testicles. Huge testicles that had to be CG'd out of Call Me By Your Name. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe he has those testicles scaled back. He, uh, some of his messages, he talks about, um, like, uh, talking to Luca about the girls and stuff. And uh, that makes me like, oh, what? Like, is this, now, how complicit is Luca Guadagnino in any of these things? Like, I have no idea, but he mentioned his name a few times in a weird way. And uh, I don't know, Army Hammer. Oof, oof, magoof. Almost our Batman, Army Hammer. Man, imagine the access he would have had to women at that point if, if he was a Bruce Wayne, Ooh. a certified Bruce Wayne. Uh, but he was almost George Miller's Batman in, I his mean, dark, in his Justice League movie that got canned. I mean, I'm sure in real life Bruce Wayne would probably be a sick... I mean, you know Batman, Batman really likes hurting people. <laughs> he does, but I bet you because of how much he hurts people and because of how rich he is and the amount of power that he has, he's probably more like he hires the dominatrix to come. And that's why he likes Catwoman. Catwoman so much. And the whips. Yes, he likes someone <laughs> who can overpower him and whip him a bit and make like, you've been a bad bat. You've been a bad, bad, bad man. And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's right, Selena. <laughs> Alfred, can you... We're, we're out of lube, Alfred. <laughs> I get the KY is in the it's in the closet, Alfred, behind the in the in the cave. Hurry up, hurry up, Alfred. Don't look, don't look, don't look. Just give me the just give me the jelly and look. Walk, walk away, walk away, Alfred. Um. So yeah, army army hammer sucks. <laughs> cool. He sucks. That's crazy. That's a crazy story. And Go figure. We got another weird rich asshole. I know another guy who's entitled. He feels entitled to women's bodies. How strange. How goddamn strange. There were, there was other stuff, too. Obviously, I mean, there's tons of details. Um, and like I said, I was just recalling the things I read yeah. I mean, uh, if, yesterday. If you'd like to, you, you can go down the same wormhole that Chris you did. You can. You absolutely can. <laughs> House of Effie on Instagram. Hammer Horror. Hammer Horror 2. The sequel. <laughs> oh, boy. It took like an hour to get through all that shit. So, um, there you go, guys. That is episode 419. Um, and we're gonna we save this for the end of the episode. But first off, it's our anniversary episode. Happy anniversary! Happy Jim. anniversary, Chris. This is, uh, ain't goddamn years. And uh, I'm pretty sure uh, for the eight year anniversary is rubber. So here's a rubber band. Yeah, there you go. Oh, Congratulations! Thanks, buddy. Uh huh. I wrap it around my balls. <laughs> think of you. And um, January 18, we say this every year. We gotta we gotta say happy birthday. Yeah. 
Happy birthday, Kevin Costner. And happy birthday, Dave Bautista. Yeah. yeah it's January 18th. It's a great, it's a great birthday. Today. It is. It's a great, great day to be born. It's also, uh, someone put an article a while ago about how it's, it's technically this year, January 18th, the third Monday of January. Uh, that being the most depressing day of the year because the uh, people's resolutions have fallen apart. Mm -hmm. The Christmas holiday mm -hmm. bills are due. Yeah. Uh, the weather isn't that great. No. And, uh, yeah, most depressing day of the year, January 18. It makes sense. Cool. Yeah, it, 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 it works. Perfect sense. It works. It works. Happy birthday, K-Cost. And, uh, all right. Thank you, Drew. Welcome, Chris. You're welcome, listeners. Patreon.com slash Chris Kill your masters. Be back next week. A PFT Media Production.